As followers of Christ, we are faced with new norms and societal changes that may differ from our worldview. We see fads continue to shape not only our culture, but our beliefs as well. Are we following the trends of life, or are we seeking after the deeper truths which God places before us? We'll discuss these questions and more in Trend or Truth. Hey everybody, this is Zorn at the Amp Station. Um, I'm really, really fired up for today because uh, we got some of our amazing women in here to uh, talk about uh, leadership uh, today in today's world and today's church and things like that. And I'm super, super fired up about it. So uh, let me just uh, get to introducing the, these people. Um, first, uh, right next to me is uh, one of my top three favorite people in all of the world. Um, she is my daughter. She leads uh, our worship music here and uh, has just been a Christ follower her whole life. And um, her name is Addison Lasornio. Hola, hola. So next to her, we have uh, what we call the greatest prayer in the amp station. <laughs> she hates it when we say that, but it is true. She just has this amazing heart for young adults, uh, an amazing heart for this ministry, and even more so, just an amazing heart for God. And uh we're just excited to have her here. She was uh, eager to do it, and, and we're just glad she's here, and that's Kyla Jones. Hello. Then, my favorite person in the whole wide world, my wife, um, she, as you guys know, helps us with the, the amp station in so many ways. Uh, she keeps me grounded, uh, and then she also uh, runs our mission trip that we go to, uh, where we go to Costa Rica each year. Um, we're going to be going in December, so if you're out there and that's something that you might want to do, then... Uh, uh, we'd be super fired up for that. So, uh, my wife, Kimberly Lasornio. Hello. So I know all of you are in leadership. So I know that you, uh, believe in some form of leadership for women. Um, so we're going to talk about that and talk a little deeper about, you know, to what level, to what extent. Um, but first I'd like to ask you guys, each of you in one sentence, uh, or close to that. Can you tell me what keeps you following Christ? Addison, do you want to start? Um, I just think that knowing that there's an all-powerful being in charge of every little detail of life is able to give you a hope for not only yourself, but also others that life has some sort of order and some kind of guidance to it. All right, very nice. Uh, Kyla, what about you? In one sentence, I would say it is God's faithfulness and his grace, even through my own um, unfaithfulness, stupidity, dumb decisions, all of those things, God still is faithful through it all. Very good, very good. Kimberly? Um, in one sentence, can you explain what keeps you following Christ? Um, I would say initially, you know, it was the salvation, but um, now that I'm an established Christian, I would say it's the relationship with Christ. Great, great. So um, to start this out, let's just, uh, first off, let's just kind of, uh, somebody jump in and tell me, did you even believe that you would be in leadership in the first place? Or was this something that seemed distant to you before you actually found yourself in leadership? I never expected to be here. Um, my my first position of what I would consider leadership was through Bible Quiz. Um, the Assemblies of God has a program from for teenagers. It's um, sixth grade through seniors in high school. And um, I had the best coach growing up, and she was my world. She's still my, my mom, my second mom. And um, I always thought, I can't live up to that. And so it was really hard for me to think that someday I would be in that position especially to go all the way to leading the state of Oklahoma. So, yeah, it was cool. 
Kyla's got some really cool stories about those uh, those Bible quiz days and some some really honest uh, uh, things about how the the relationship could be left out sometimes in those types of situations. Um, but you've learned through that. Um, yeah, absolutely. I've even had the Holy Spirit convict me of memorizing scripture, which just sounds um, un unrealistic or or anti Christ or something. But it it really he convicted me and said okay, you're doing it for competition, but when's the last time you sat down and, and studied my word for my relationship and for our relationship together? And it was a very convicting moment for me that I could actually memorize scripture and it not be pleasing to God. That's that's really good. You know, we, we talk in here a lot about um, how we can be doing something that seems godly, but it's not uh, in relationship. And then without the relationship, it just so much of it doesn't matter, you know? So great, great. Thank you for that. Um, what about you, Addie? Um, I guess I'm kind of never really expected to not be in a position of something in the church, but more of just a participant until I got older and knew that I had the personality to be the leader. And once I kind of learned to lead, then I was like natural and I feel like I'm pretty decent at it. But I mean, it's kind of become something that's normal to me now, but I mean, I don't know where I'm going to go still, you know, from that. Some of you know my story, but, but a lot of you don't. Um, I've, I've only been back following Christ uh, for five years now. And for about 28 years, I turned from Christ big time. And, uh, did, was that leadership something that was kind of an, in spite of how your family, you know, how your family dynamic was, or was it a, um, uh, you know, was it one of those things that like your mom was, was insistent on, or was it just something that just came natural? Um, I think that it's something that kind of came naturally. I mean, I started out leading because of worship, you know, and that was kind of the first thing that I really took the reins on was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And, you know, I kind of do a lot of things out of spite, I feel like, which is kind of bad, but true. But, you know, at the time, no. never, <laughs> <laughs> never knew that. <laughs> but, you know, whenever I started, um, especially with worship, it was just participating. But that was before, you know, you were a Christian and back on back on the bandwagon. But it was a lot like I wanted to be involved in something and kind of make a difference. And then whenever that happened, it was like I was given the opportunities and like she provided me with guitar lessons to learn guitar. And then I was like, okay, well, I want to be able to control things because I'm a little bit of a control freak. So then I was like, okay, I'm going to do worship. And I wonder where you got that from. I know, right? All my bad trees. <laughs> well, and if you look back, um, if you think about it, you and Caleb were the only ones your age. And <laughs> yeah. so literally you had each other and that was it. Yeah. So if you're going to have a Bible study or something, it's going to be you guys leading it. Yeah. So it's and funny. same thing with worship. I yeah. mean, we were the only ones and we stuck together in youth worship from the time we were 14 and we both have leadership qualities. We both have that about, our, right. about ourselves and we know it too. And then even into, you know, big church, <laughs> we yeah. did that forever. And then eventually AMP became AMP and you know it kind of just went from there so that reminded me because I was uh I meant to include Caleb in her intro because it's them those two that the AMP station even exists you right. know uh it was them that wanted to have the Bible study and and try to build something on the campus of Rogers I don't think they ever imagined something like that I think right. they just wanted a Bible study but uh and Caleb uh, so happens I, to be my son yeah, those yeah of you that's right that's right that could but, be confusing but it's yeah. uh I, I I feel bad now that I left him but now he gets a couple of shout outs so Caleb <laughs> if you're out there man we love you we miss you but we know you're gonna be an awesome doctor and we're gonna be taking you to Costa Rica with us all the time so <laughs> it's okay so Kimberly I, I I know you uh uh, and I know your plan wasn't ever to be in leadership at all. And here you are uh, doing so much uh, stuff in the AMP station, uh, doing so much with these young adults. But then also, um, 
you know, the, the task of, of putting together the mission trip. Uh, and I know it's a huge daunting deal, but you handle it great. Um, what, was that an accident? Was that a, a, a God spoke to you? I mean, just explain a little bit how that happened. Well, I mean, I, my personality is fairly reserved. So, you know, leadership was never really anything that like crossed my mind. But then as I got older, um, you know, I started thinking a lot about doing missions, but I didn't really feel right about doing that because of the lifestyle that we had at the time, you know, I was kind of straddling the fence, you know, going to church and then still partying. And (laughs) so I didn't really feel like, you know, it it was a good representation, um, to, to, to lead. So at that time I didn't, but, um, you know, when we went all in as a family, um, you know, I, I, I can definitely see, you know, that kind of moving towards the leadership role where we are now. I think it's kind of unique how different, personalities take on different forms of leadership you know like for Zorn he does more of the everyday leadership reaching out to people whereas you're more behind the scenes but that's very much your personality right I was very much his personality that's one of the things I was going to say we when we think about leadership we instantly think about the people that are out front the people that are speaking behind the pulpit or whatever and that there's so much more to leadership than that and like you said your mom Kimberly is absolutely a a rock solid foundation of this group and this ministry that we couldn't do it without her being behind the scenes and, and doing what she does. Um, and honestly, leadership, I've been doing um, a Bible study with Christine Kane um, that talks about women in leadership. And, and her whole thing is lead, everybody is in a position of leadership if you consider that our job as Christians is to lead people to Christ. That's good. Yeah, that's so good. Therefore, we are all leaders. Mm-hmm. No matter what um, season we are in in our life, what our positions are, whatever, we all have some form of leadership that we are responsible for. Mm-hmm. That's really good. I, and I think that's kind of why I wanted to have this conversation, and particularly with you three, um, because I know that, um, you know, there's some there's some places out there, there's some churches and some things that that limit uh, that, that degree or that level of, of leadership. And so I kind of wanted to just get, um, your thoughts on, uh, you know, what what levels you you expect to be able to lead at as women, you know, not necessarily for you personally, but as women in the church and and uh, but first, I kind of wanted to, to see what where does the conflict come from? Is is it is it a biblical conflict? Is it is it something that we've read in the Bible and misconstrued, or is it something that's in the Bible and we've taken on ourselves to do wrong or do different against what the Bible says? I think it's biblical, and I think it's biblical that's been taken out of context. Um, I know one of the verses that Kimberly wanted to go over is First um, Corinthians fourteen thirty four. Is that correct, Kimberly? Is that- uh, yes, it is. Okay, so that verse talks about um, women, you know, being silent and and things like that. But you've really got to take that that verse in context. It's to the Corinthians. Um, heathens. And it, yeah. Heathens. Exactly. <laughs> and they were also... Christian in, heathens. Yeah. Right? Right? Yeah. Exactly. Worst kind. yeah. <laughs> um, but in that culture and in that day, men and women sat in separate parts of the synagogue and things like that. Um, and the men were the head. And, and the Corinthian women had started being disruptive and interjecting when they weren't supposed to and those kinds of things. And so if you literally go back and take that into the original um, language, that verb there is, and I am terrible, I'm not a, um, a Bible scholar in any stretch of the imagination, so it's leleo, L-A-L-E-O, 
and it and it just really means um, to be disruptive or to be argumentative, and that and so what it, what Paul's really saying here is, don't be disruptive in the middle of a service. If you have a question, wait till you get home and ask your husband. It's not saying that women can't right. have a position. There's a time in the for it. Exactly. There. It even says right before the, the verse that you're referencing that God is not a God of disorder, but of peace as in all the meetings of God's holy people. Right. So, and then it goes on to say, Hey women, you should be quiet. You know? Right. I, when I was trying to go ahead, Kimberly, I'm sorry. I, I was just going to say, you know, I think that that, that verse has been used where people just take it at the surface and not um, really like think about it culturally at that time. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was saying. You've got you any scripture needs to be taken in context with the entire you. You don't pull out a single verse. I could pull out a single verse out of the Bible anywhere and make it fit right. what I want it to right. fit. You've got to take it in context, and you've got to take it in the light of the culture and what was going on in the day and why it was being written, and all of those things. Because if you go to First Corinthians eleven, Paul specifically talks about women praying and prophesying. So it's it, he's obviously not saying women can't. Right. talk in church or he'd be contradicting himself and the acts church we know the 120 that was right. that was men and women it's very specific about yes. men and women being in that 120 and going out and spreading the word um that's good stuff i uh you know the the, the word that i hear in there is that order mm-hmm. you know and, yes. and uh when i start, was trying to do the bible in a year i actually made it through um but i remember going through numbers and some of those that are just like oh my gosh why why am i reading this um, but I wanted to make sure and do it, so I so I, I didn't skim it. I actually, but one of the things I remember is going back into a commentary and it talking about the order of things and how if right. we can if we can go through this and 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 learn that order, that will be impactful in all of our Christian walk because there is so much order that that God asks of us, you know. So and I'm I'm still um you know the Bible is very clear that the man is the head of the household. He's the head of the church, just as Christ. You know, man's the head of woman, just as Christ is the head of the church. I am still completely on that bandwagon that men are the spiritual leaders and are supposed to be. But there are times when if a man's not going to take that role in a home or a church or wherever, then as a woman, it's my job to step up and, and to, to do what I can do to lead as well. If, but then again, if there is a, a pastor or you know a teacher or whatever that's a, a man, my husband, whoever that might be, it is my job to... Um, Give in to their, not give in, that's not really what I want to say. Um, they have the authority. Trust. Yeah, trust, trust. their authority. And, and and honestly, it's a big responsibility. As a wife, it's it's easy for me to say, well, that's my husband's decision. And then, you know, if he gets it, if it ends up being a good decision, you know, then yay, it's a good decision. If it's a bad decision, well, you weren't following God or whatever. You know, it's it's that's a big responsibility to do. But does it mean as a woman that I don't have a voice in the church? Absolutely not. I mean, um, Galatians 3.28 tells us that there is n- no longer um, slave, free, Jew, Greek, male, or female. You're right. all one in Christ. Right. So. I love that point because that's another one of the, the Bible verses that can be uh, taken out of context. Yes. Um, you know, you must submit to your husband. Let's just stop right there. Right. No, that it says as as to the Lord. Right. So, in in your example of, of following Gary, we got to make sure and get his name in here. Or he would kill yes, us. Yes, that's right. So Gary <laughs> Wayne Jones is now in the podcast. So there you go. Uh, but but I, I know that I know you and I know your heart and I know his heart. I know that when you're trusting Gary in that situation, mm-hmm. you're really trusting the Lord. Exactly. And you know, I always say that 
on any decision or, or situation in our household, we're going to talk about it. He's absolutely going to hear my opinion without a doubt. I'm a strong enough personality and a strong enough woman. He's going to hear my opinion. And most of the time we'll come to either an agreement or a compromise. And if we come to a stalemate, then I'm going to absolutely submit to his authority because that's right. my job as a woman and as a wife. And he's going to make a decision that he knows is better for your whole family because he's gone to right. to God in it and tried to say, hey, we, we can't. We can't agree. I need you to get in this exactly. and, and make sure. So good stuff. Good stuff. So anything else that we've got? Uh, is there anything that you want to add on the, where that conflict comes from? I mean, I mean, we were we like the, along the same lines as the verse is what you brought up is the first Timothy two twelve, which basically says the same thing about you know women are supposed to keep their mouths shut and not contribute and. um a big argument that kind of comes out of that is like, okay, then women shouldn't be in leadership. Women shouldn't be in ministerial roles. Women shouldn't be any kind of like teacher. Sunday school. Yeah. Sunday school teacher, um, pastor or, you know, missions coordinator or whatever it is. Worship leader. I mean, anything like that. But if you get into the technicalities of somebody like arguing for that point, like hypothetically, let's say that somebody's like, well, this is what the Bible says. Then like, okay, what about mothers that are teaching their children about Christ whenever they're young, teaching right. their boys, you know, um, or their, their girls, I guess. But in addition to that, teaching, you know, Sunday school, teach, doing worship, um, leading prayer meetings is something that's a big one. Um, women, are they not allowed to do any of that? Because if that's the case, then why are women even in Christianity? You know, what's their, what's their purpose? So that was just something else that kind of is along the same lines as what Kyla had brought up with that verse. And I think that if you get into the technicalities of that and you want to argue for that point, then you kind of have to look at the whole picture. Like how would that actually impact Christianity and the church as a whole? Well, in, in eight, 886 verses in the Bible um, came to us through women. And, you know, Paul says um, in Second sec, Timothy, Timothy 3, um, 16, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training the righteousness. So, you know, if, if all scripture um, is given for God teaching and 886 of those verses came from women, I mean, you can't really say that God didn't intend for women to teach. Yeah, and it, I mean, if it was eight, then you could go, okay, well, that's a cultural, that's a, you know, whatever this is, but being that that many... Um, it definitely has to have some sort of, uh, of impact and be in there for some reason. I, uh, Kimberly and I were talking earlier about, um, Ann Graham Franklin lots or Ann Graham lots, Franklin. I don't know. Ann She's got Graham too many lots. names. If she expects me to get them right, then Franklin's she needs to sh- shorten up a little bit. <laughs> AGDT or whatever she is. Uh, she was talking about her, you know, that they, a lot of people say that she's the, the best preacher in the family. It's, and, it's uh, Billy Graham's daughter. Right, right. And uh, that she went to pe- preach in front of a bunch of pastors and and a bunch of them turned their chairs around, you know, in disapproval or, or protest or whatever. And the thing that came to me in that is, and I, I, you guys are being too Christian and not taking my bait, is a, a, a man's pride, you know. Um, and I mean that in both senses, the, the man and also the flesh. Uh, because uh, I can see the thing that we forget about pastors, you know, is they're still just men. They're yeah. still just mm-hmm. flesh. 
We put them on a pedestal unfairly, um, but but they've earned that a little bit too. You know, I mean, not not the unfair part of it, but <laughs> but they've done things to to be in that leadership position, and they followed uh, differently, and 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 we look up to them. But it's sometimes very easy to forget that they're still a man, and they can still have pride. Um, and so, do you think there's some pride that comes into this argument about? Um, you know, women being in leadership? Is there is there something to a man thinking, well, we've got enough. We, we're, we're man leaders. We can, we can handle this. Or is it just uh, uh, just a complete misconstrued item or something? I think, I think men have been raised, for the most part, to culturally think that they're superior to women. And so Ouch. when you try to get a woman you know, involved or to lead, I think a man feels threatened or, and, and I've read things that say that, um, people are, you know, they get more offended if you go against their culture, than you go against what's biblical. So, you know, if you take something and, and you offend a man because it goes against what they were raised to believe or think, then their pride gets in the way. And they stick to that regardless of what's biblical. That's really good. It's really good. You got something, you got some thoughts. You look like you got something flowing through your head. I was just going to say that um, I was trying to figure out at what point did we stray from women have a place in the church to women shouldn't be recognized in the church because, or shouldn't be in, in leadership. They should be, you know, suppressed or oppressed, whichever was the right word of that. I can never You are it. mine. So. <laughs> but um, I couldn't really find it. Like, it's hard to find, like, a defining point where uh, it was like, uh, women were bad in the church, so right. therefore we got rid of them. And I think that I, like, something that kind of came to me whenever you were saying that was, like, pride is such a big emotion in men. And women don't have that as much. I think it's because we kind of have to put away our pride in order to take care of our families and take care of our children, take care of, you know, all the things that we have going on on a daily basis. But in addition to that, if you look in the Bible, like the men who have pride, they do some damage. Like I've been reading Matthew and Herod was so prideful, he didn't want to lose his position as a ruler. So he's like, just kill all the babies, just kill all the babies under two. And it's like, dude, why are you killing all the babies? You know, and it's, that's a pride. That's something that comes out of pride. And it's something that you have to kind of analyze whenever you see women versus men in leadership and what's the source of it, basically. I also think, though, that it, in addition to the pride side of it, it's a competency issue with men. And I say that from when Gary and I were in our, early in our marriage and we went through some counseling over some things. That's one of the things that, that he really discovered about himself, that a lot of his issues came from, from competency and feeling incompetent. And I think sometimes, you know, God, God made men to be the leader and God made men, um, you know, to be strong and to, and to be um, all of those things. And when, when a man thinks that a woman is coming in and taking that position or whatever, he feels like he feels incompetent, not necessarily prideful, but sometimes it's pride depending on the man, but sometimes it's like, Oh, am I not good enough to do this? Am I not good enough to handle that? Because that's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And we've been trying to please our fathers for so long that now it's like we're letting down our heavenly father as well. Right. Um, That's a, that's a great point. I can, I, and I can see that at work and people, you you know, I've, I'm kind of just an oddball anyway, because I, I have the kind of pride that, um, 
that, uh, you know, I like to be seen. I like to be out in the front. I like, you know, and I've talked about that many times, but, but I've never had that pride. Like Kimberly's always made more money than me. You know, that's never bothered those kinds of things. And so when it's in a leadership role, I'm just like, and I need you ladies, you know, I mean, without you ladies, this place doesn't work. We don't have music. We know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. But, talking about but, you know, and we talked about it earlier, you know, how important every person is. And Kimberly and I were talking about this today and we just, we just kind of started naming names, you know, and we were like, okay, there's, there's me that, that's out front a lot. Uh, Wes is pretty good at that too. Um, you know, uh, Kimberly is a nurturer. Terry's a nurturer. You have a nurturing ability, but you also have that, that praying ability and that, um, that uh that believable connection yeah Mm -hmm. that's what i'm saying that believable connection personality you have terry and her kimberly my mom that are really shy like they don't they don't really want to talk to you unless you talk to them but once you get to know them they're awesome kyla will talk to anybody like she's outgoing she's i mean i was scared of her whenever i first met her but (laughs) (laughs) it's because she was my best friend's mom (laughs) it's different but like she once you get to know her you can make a connection yeah yeah and gary i never thought of this but it's so true. Kimberly was like, he is awesome at seeing that person that's off to the side and maybe doesn't fit in and mm-hmm. bringing them in. And I was just like, man, you're right. You know? And, and I start thinking, we didn't build this team. We're, we're not that smart. You guys have been around it. We're not <laughs> smart enough. Kimberly and I are not smart enough to build this team. God obviously put these people together to make this team as strong. And it has to be like that. Right. And I'm, I'm never going to connect to, some of the girls like you guys are able to, right. You know, so it, to me, that's one of the areas where it makes sense that women would be in leadership is to help lead women. Not that you can't lead men, right. But you need that, especially in the connection part, you know, mm-hmm. a 51 year old man trying to connect with a 19 year old <laughs> girl, it just is creepy. I'm sorry. Even I can admit that, you know, yeah, it definitely. Uh, but you guys can kind of be that. Is it Barabbas or Barnabas that set the kind of tone for Paul? Barnabas. Barnabas. Barabbas, yeah. was, Barabbas they, was the bad dude, right? They got right. See, I'm getting Jesus. better. I'm getting better. Yeah, that's right. The murderer, right? Okay, maybe I'm not getting that much better, but he's either a murderer or, but you know, he had to have Barnabas to lay some groundwork for him to say, like, mm-hmm. I know what you think, but but he's changed now. And that's kind of what, what having the women around getting that connection and then they can trust me where we can speak life into them. All of us can, you know. And, you know, Addie talked about I have a bold personality and I do and I know that and it's hard for me to keep my mouth shut sometimes. Um <laughs> It's going through this Bible study with Christine Kane and, and the whole leadership, women in leadership. It's given me a new perspective because I'm, I'm like you, Zorn. I like to be out front. I like to be, you know, that part of leadership. But going through this study, I've really, really began to realize that the besi- behind the scenes part of leadership is just as important. Yes. And making yes. those connections and, and meeting with those kids and, and students. They're not kids. They're kids to us, but they're young adults. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, connecting with them and pouring into their lives and letting them pour into my life is yeah. a big part of leadership. Um, being a leader is being able to be spoken into just as much as we speak into them. Right. So, and then, then you got poor Dougie who he doesn't know where he fits, but he fits everywhere. Oh, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? If you ask that guy, will you play drums? Yeah, I'll play drums. Will you do? Yeah, I'll do that. You know, you know, will you Mm -hmm. cook for me? Yeah. You know, he, it's just sound. sound, Yeah. It doesn't matter (laughs) where, what don't you do is what, you know, he's like, what do I even do? Well, what don't you do? Honestly, he'll do it all, you know? And that's just because of his, uh, the way that his heart is and the way he's, uh, you know, he's designed that he's not afraid to do any of it. You know, the, the 
trash tramplings. Jump up, will you jump up on the trash force? Yeah, if that's what needs to be done, I'll, I'll do it. And you if know? he doesn't know how to do something, he's going to figure it out and he's going to be good at it. That's something that's a treat. In right, itself. right. So, well, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I mean, I think that that's where a lot of this, you know, people get caught up in, in leadership being the person at the front, you know, who's speaking, right, right. who's preaching. But, you know, I think people need to pray specifically for what God's called them to do and then serve in that capacity and, and put the pride aside. I mean, if it's jumping on the trash, it's jumping on the trash so we can get more in it, whatever, you know, whatever that may look like. And I don't think it should be defined by if you're male or female. Um, and, and, you know, two thirds of Bible believing Christians are women. So if we take them out of the equation, then, you know, that's, that's taking two thirds two-thirds of God's disciples out. And and that's going to have a very negative impact on building the kingdom of God. I think that along with that, that's a lot of what causes the conflict, like what we were talking about earlier, is, you know, people want to take women out of the church and out of leadership positions. But if you think about it, that's kind of the way of the enemy working, is trying to take out two-thirds of God's yeah. army, God's workers. You know, we always say workers for the harvest. And if two thirds of those are women and you're trying to take them out, then the enemy's doing a pretty good job of doing that whenever you take them out of the equation. Right. Well, and, um, you know, the verses that we went over before were from Paul. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the one that wrote those that get taken and misconstrued and stuff. But if you go into more scriptures from Paul, um, you get things like Romans 16, where he says, I commend to you our um, sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church in um, Sincrea. Going down, it says, greet Priscilla and Aquila, co-workers in Christ. They risked their lives for me. Um, and then there's many other verses where he specifically names women mm-hmm. and says, you know, they have been great helps for me. Show them the, the respect and the love that they deserve. So, you know, the same man who wrote those verses that get taken out of concept is over here commending these women for doing the great work of Christ. Right. And there's no reason why we can't be that same today. As women, we have a lot to offer. And again, I know my place as a wife, and I'm going to respect that, but I'm also not going to shy away from leading people to Christ, especially because as a leader, that that's my main purpose as a leader, is leading people to Christ. Right, right. I think that on that, because Priscilla has a major part in the Bible, mm-hmm. and um, I know my, my mom and I were talking about this um, earlier, but she does a lot in the Bible that doesn't get acknowledged, and I mean, do you want to go on that on that tangent a little bit more? Well, I, I was uh, reading- Tangent to, sounds mean. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading earlier today, and, and I never have heard this or read this before, but um, the biblical historian- um, David Joel Hamilton uh, mentioned in the Why Not Women uh, book um, that Priscilla could have written the book of Hebrews, but I mean, that's currently an unknown author. And so, you know, even with that, she's not getting the credit of that if she did truly write that book. Right. Because she was a woman. Because she was yeah. a woman. Right. And in the culture, in the culture, it wasn't yeah. acceptable. And, right. And it wouldn't have been taken as legitimate. It was so, going to be taken as you know. Right. So then, how do you think she responded? You know, you know what I'm saying. I mean, how how do you think she felt about that? I'm sure that she was used to being beat down, or not not beat down literally, but like 
disregarded because she was a woman in that time, but that didn't stop her. I mean, she kept on. She wrote the book, book of Hebrews, possibly. She went and did. She prophesied. She was a prophet. So, um, you know, prophecy can mean either telling the future about things or also just preaching. And she warnings, still, yeah. Yeah, and she still presented the word to people regardless of what her cultural stature was. I think she knew what God's calling was on her, and she just continued to follow that and pursue that regardless of what people said to her. It uh, it reminds me of uh, one of Pastor Dave's favorite sayings is it's amazing what we can do when no one cares who gets the credit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's where she was at was like, hey, I don't I don't need credit for that. Right. I don't need my name on that. that that's God's book. You right. know, he, he's the one that inspired it. If that's what happened. I, but I could just see that being, uh, again, kind of that um, the innate uh, way that women don't have a, a swelling up of pride and, and things like that. Because what do you know about pride? What's what's the one thing about pride? Pride is a wasted emotion. My girl. <laughs> Hot from birth. From the most prideful person on the planet. But still, still. Uh, I, yeah, I knew firsthand. You know, uh, one of the things um, uh, I always... Uh, I always talk about this because, you know, Kimberly and I had uh, a troubled marriage and, and it seems like most every time that you see a troubled marriage, it's the woman that comes to the the forefront of the faith and makes things come back to together or, or brings the man back to relationship or more often than not that I see, I'm not, this is just a personal opinion. This isn't a biblical deal. This isn't a, a statistic, but I just see that so often in so many lives that, it's a crumbling marriage or a situation or whatever, and it's it's that strong woman that's going, you know what? This is how I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Are you in or are you out? And so many times the man is finally like, you know what? You're right. And and then it ends up being a growth that, that really God uses a bad situation to turn it into a good good thing. So, so in your minds, um, is there a level that a woman's ability to lead stops? Like, is there a cap? Like, like okay, you can lead worship. But not, there's no higher. You can't you can't go any higher than that. I was always taught, and I've been very fortunate in not having chauvinistic men. My dad <laughs> is not chauvinistic. You know, you being my husband have never been um, chauvinistic. My father-in-law's not. Um, so, you know, I've always been told that, you know, anything a man can do, a woman can do better. So that's kind of what I think. For me personally, and again, this is just... Kyla's opinion, nobody else's could be right or wrong. I don't know that I could be in a church where the head pastor is a woman. I still feel that that is the man's job. I still feel that the man is the head of the church. Um, Do I think a woman could do it? Absolutely. Could she do just as good of a job or better? Absolutely. But I still feel like God has set the man to be the head of the church. And so, again, I don't want... A female president um <laughs> regardless of who that woman is and we won't name names but <laughs> but um i just think that culturally that puts us in a position where uh, for other nations that still hold women in a lower position than a man it makes us as a nation look weaker and right. therefore I, do i think she, a woman could do the job of president sure she could but do I think she should? No, I don't. And so you won't find me voting for a woman, Republican, Democratic, Independent, or right. anything else. Yeah. No, I love, uh, that, that's what I love about this is is we don't have to see perfectly eye to eye with each other. We don't have to agree 100% on everything. Everybody's entitled to their opinion and entitled to voice it. And mm-hmm. the thing that we talk about here a lot is hear what we have to say. We want you to do that. But t- 
take that and go find a truth in the Bible for you and yes. for you to run with, you know, and there's not anything clear cut. I mean, you know, that says that, uh, they can't, they can or can't or whatever, you know, there's some things in there that you can argue both ways. And we've talked about that before, but take this stuff and run with it on your own. Did you have any thoughts on that at all? On women, how is there a cap? Is there is no? Is there a cap? Is there? Do you think there's a ceiling? Like, would you be okay with a a, a woman pastor? Um, I think that having a woman pass. I mean, obviously, I was also raised by you, who is not a chauvinistic man. I was always raised that I could do anything I wanted to do, no matter what. My grandparents. You're still going to be GM of the Yankees before long. Yeah, I know. I got to work. It's going to take a little bit of time. (laughs) But I was always taught that, so I think that in my head, I've always been like, "Well, women can do anything men can do," and you know, I kind of get stubborn about it sometimes, where I'm like, "Oh, women are going to do that," you know. But honestly, I mean, that was a man, just a a fleshly man saying that. Oh, I know. Yeah. Can it still apply in in a biblical or uh, a Christian life? You know, there's nothing in the Bible that I'm aware of that says women can't be in that position um I think that culturally it's a little weird to think oh like a pastor the head pastor of a church being a woman it's it's awkward almost like if you see a woman up there you're like this is weird you know but like I don't think there's anything wrong with it um same thing with a woman president Mm -hmm. you said that you know some countries might that don't value women like America does um might kind of see it as uh, may see us as weak but I think about the queen of England and like She's been kicking butt for ever, you know, and something like that. She's kinda. just a figurehead. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you have people in people in that are women. All of our listeners in Europe are going to go down now. So. <laughs> yeah. All of our listeners yeah. in Europe. Yeah. <laughs> but um, thank goodness we don't. Or have maybe any. up. Maybe maybe they'll go up. <laughs> but I think that I don't think there's necessarily a cap. I think that culturally we put a cap on it, though. I agree with that. I mean. And if God's called a woman to be a head pastor or president of the United States, I don't think it's up for, you know, to a man to stop her um, or, you know, put a cap on that, so to speak. I mean, I think, you know, people should do what they're called to do. I think that everybody should be offered the opportunity, especially whether people are okay with that or not. That's why we live in America. Right. You know, we right. all get voting capabilities. And if I, but, it, you know, if there, if a church has a woman as a head pastor and I'm not comfortable there, it's my right to go somewhere else. Exactly. I don't have to right. be there. Yeah. I'm yeah. not saying, I'm not saying you guys are right or wrong. I'm yeah. just saying that's how I personally no, yeah. feel about yeah. it. Yeah. So. And that's fine. Yeah. I mean, that's why we're here. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's, that's one of the things um, with the AM station, you know, um, we're not, we don't represent a single denomination in here. Um, so, you know, we always have a variety of thoughts and opinions and beliefs. And so I think that that's where we're really well equipped to make sure that, you know. And we don't diminish any of no, them. That's the thing. We yeah, take them all respect, in and we, we respect them. We learn things. We gather yeah. more information and we go from there. And we encourage them to go back to scripture and see what they can find right. for themselves. Back to scripture is where it's at. Yeah. So um, I, I'm going to ask you one more question. Okay. You guys ready for this? <laughs> Do we have more stuff we want to talk about? Because I feel like we need to wrap this up, but I feel like there's still some more out there to go with. Do you guys want to wrap this up and go yes. and then uh, go on and do maybe another another episode or something like that? Yeah, I'm I'm down. Down. Okay. So to wrap this episode up, I'm just going to tell you that we're not done. So we, we want you to listen <laughs> to next week. I know one of the things that I want to talk about next week is, you know, uh, man has made... Uh, flesh what are, you know what when i say man that's usually what i mean i don't i don't mean to discount you guys in any way so <laughs> humankind yes yes We're but you know get into that has in the made next episode. has made certifications <laughs> has made these uh 
you know, it's, it's man that named someone pastor, that named someone de- You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some things like that. There's certifications. And, and that's going to be one of the th- first things that I want to start talking about is, is, is that where uh, if, if those things weren't in place in denominations and things like that, would we even be having kind of this conversation? Does that make sense? Because, and I'll, I'll explain it more, I guess, whenever we get into that. But I really appreciate you ladies being here. Uh, it was just a really awesome deal. And, and I'm super excited. And um, next week, we'll talk a little bit more about um, uh, women in leadership and, and kind of tie up some things that we may have left out there. So uh, really looking forward to that. But uh, one of the things we wanted to start doing was, uh, you know, we put the challenge out last week to get some uh, to send some mail out to us. And, and we got a piece of mail. Um, Alyssa Owen sent us this and I asked her if I could share it online. Uh, we'd like to read uh, any mail that comes in, maybe pick one a week and and read it. So, again, we encourage you to to uh, write us a letter, um, the 500 Castle Pines Circle, Claremore, Oklahoma, 74019. And I think we're going to add some of the that info down in the description so you can find out how to get a hold of us and, and find our social media. So let me read this letter from Alyssa Owens. It says, Dear Amp Podcast Team, first off, snail mail is definitely still a thing for millennials. This is my eighth card to mail this week, not counting work stuff. So I'm happy to send you all a letter. I do wish the Christmas Easter episode hadn't been my first because I'm a definite Christmas junkie. I agree with some of your points, but not all. Like the feeling of joy around Christmas. I don't believe that has much I don't believe that has much, if anything, to do with anticipation of gifts. I think there truly is Jesus joy going around at Christmas time. Especially if we believe every good thing comes from him. I'm reminded of the return of Christmas movies, music, and decor on Facebook at the start of the Corona chaos. I think people are looking for Jesus. His joy and Christmas is the closest thing or closest they know how to get if they don't know him. Thanks for y'all's ministry. Sincerely, Alyssa Owens. Alyssa, I thank you for sending this in. I thank you for very valid points, and, uh, and I hope nobody out there thinks that we don't love Christmas and Easter. We were really just trying to have something interesting to talk about. And, and I think at the end of it, we kind of just concluded that, man, they're both super necessary. We're, we're super happy that they happen. And uh, let's just celebrate all of them with uh, as much uh, joy and, and happiness as we can because our Christ is awesome. So thanks for being with us. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, seeing you or, hear, or talking to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Trend or Truth podcast. This podcast is recorded out of the AMP station in Claremore, Oklahoma. AMP is a Christian ministry geared towards college students and young adults with an emphasis on loving God, loving people, and making disciples. If you like what you heard, consider becoming a subscriber so you don't miss out on a single episode. We release new entries every Monday. Also, rate and review this podcast on iTunes and share it on social media. Once again, thank you for joining us today, and we'll talk to you next time.